Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. Today is the deadline for supporters of a campaign to recall Governor Gavin Newsom to submit enough voter signatures to force an election. KQED politics reporter Guy Marzarati has more. The recall campaign claims it submitted the nearly one and a half million signatures needed to force an election, which would take place later this year. And on Tuesday, Newsom said an election was likely a reality. Look, we're, we're anticipating that they've got the signatures. Supporters of the recall say Newsom's handling of school and business closures has exposed the need for new leadership. Newsom says the campaign is really an attack on California's liberal policies. And so I'm not just fighting for me, I'm fighting for you, I'm fighting for the values of the state. On Tuesday, former Sacramento Congressman Doug Osi became the latest Republican to announce he'll join the race to potentially replace Newsom. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. A group that's been tracking discrimination and hate crimes against Asian Americans across the country is calling the deadly mass shooting in Atlanta last night an unspeakable tragedy. That shooting left eight people dead. Six of them were of Asian descent. Although details are still coming in, the group Stop AAPI Hate says, quote, there's a great deal of fear and pain in the Asian American community that must be addressed. The group runs the Stop AAPI Hate Reporting Center, which has been tracking incidents of discrimination, hate and xenophobia since the start of the pandemic. New data released yesterday from the center shows it received nearly 1,700 reports of anti-Asian discrimination here in California alone in the last year. The family of a San Quentin inmate who died from COVID-19 has sued California corrections officials over their response to the pandemic. KQED's Holly J. McDeed reports. The lawsuit says CDCR acted with deliberate indifference when they transferred high-risk inmates from a prison in Chino to San Quentin last May. 61-year-old Daniel Ruiz was due for early release, but then contracted COVID-19 while in prison. He died in July. Michael Haddad is the family's attorney. We want to find out exactly how this happened to make sure this kind of thing can't happen again. And ultimately, the family is, of course, seeking accountability and justice as well. A spokesperson for CDCR said they have not yet been served the lawsuit and will evaluate the claims once officials receive it. For the California Report, I'm Holly J. McDeed. Let's go to the Central Valley now. Over a thousand farm workers in Kern County have gotten their first round of COVID-19 vaccines. As Valley Public Radio's Mari Balaños reports, the United Farm Workers Foundation and partnering organizations have plans to vaccinate thousands more in the coming weeks. The UFW Foundation, in partnership with the Kern County Latino COVID-19 Task Force, is vaccinating farm workers every weekend for the next three weeks as part of the county's initiative to get more farm workers vaccinated. For the first weekend, UFW Foundation President Teresa Romero says 500 people were registered for each day. We had uh, probably each day a couple of hundred people who did not register. Uh, at all, but we still were able to give them the vaccination. 
Although it's better for farm workers to register in advance, she says, the only thing they need to provide is a form of ID. We're not asking for any uh, legal residency. We're not asking for anything other than just some some uh, health questions. To register, call the UFW Foundation's hotline or the Project Abuelita hotline from the Kern County Latino COVID-19 Task Force. For the California Report, I'm Mari Bolaños. In Southern California, as more and more businesses open up indoors, the L.A. County Board of Supervisors wants inspectors to focus more on education and less on fines when it comes to visits. In a unanimous vote yesterday, the board approved new guidance that focuses on penalizing only the worst or repeat offenders for any COVID-related violations. Two supervisors had proposed that health inspectors not impose any fines at all on a first visit, but that plan was amended over concerns that some business owners would rather pay a fine than follow health guidelines. Violations that result in fines include failures to screen employees and report outbreaks and not requiring employees to wear masks. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. As stimulus checks start landing in mailboxes this week, you might be wondering how the federal government is paying for it. Well, Reuters reporter Anne Safir answers questions like that for a living. Here she was chatting with her daughter May recently. So what do you want to know? What are you curious about or confused about the economy? Well, I just don't know why. Like, okay, I get that printing more money would cause inflation, but that, like, still doesn't really make sense to me. Like, why does it have to be like that? Wait, why does... So what do you think... Why does it... They should just print enough money so that everybody can be, like, satisfied and, like, able to live with their basic human needs. And so why can't they just do that? Yeah. First of all, great questions from May. So can we just print money? Well, Anne and I picked up the conversation there. The standard economist answer is, no, you can't print money because if you print money, there's just going to be more of it out there and it will be worth less. The more you have of something, the less it's worth. It's the classic supply-demand rule of economics. But in this situation, that's actually similar to what the government is doing. So then why won't that cause some kind of inflation and mean that, you know, each time you buy an egg or fill up your gas tank, it's going to cost you a lot more. So your money will be worth less because somebody just printed a bunch of it. What's been happening around the world and also in the United States for the last decade, decade and a half, maybe, has been a lot of downward pressure on prices from things like 
technology like Amazon. There's a lot of globalization. So there's all these sort of Mm -hmm. global forces pushing down on prices. Even when you flood an economy with a ton of money, which is kind of what's happening with the stimulus and also with what the Fed is doing, it doesn't have the effect that you might have thought it would have had Mm -hmm. and that it actually has had, you know, in years past. Right. doesn't have that force of pushing up the prices in the same way. Um, that seems to be this, a yeah. real head-scratcher for people uh, at the Fed to some extent, people who report on the Fed like you. Um, where is inflation? You know, <laughs> when is it ever going to come back? It just seems like it's been really stagnant for quite a while. You report on the economy, and that can be a very um, sort of lofty, <laughs> esoteric thing to do, but the economic indicators are everywhere. There's so much more visible as you go out and do your work. Can you talk a little bit about how reporting on the economy has changed for you since the pandemic? It's true. It's everywhere. We just go out to go buy some food for our pet rats and walking into that mall, the way it looks physically has entirely changed. Half the stores are gone now. So all the people who used to work in those stores no longer have jobs. The IHOP there has all its tables outside and people are eating their pancakes placed at tables six or ten feet away from each other. So, yes, they have business, but there's probably a lot fewer people eating at that restaurant than used to. There's just a lot of changes that you see really visibly that you didn't necessarily see uh, or at least I didn't necessarily see so easily during the Great Recession. It's just been a, a very visceral experience trying to yeah. cover what's going on. Well, Anne Safir of Reuters, thank you. Thank you, Lily. This week, the California Report is bringing you stories from our collaboration with CalMatters College Journalism Network. And we're looking at how the experiences of college has changed during the pandemic. Today, our focus is on nursing students. California was already facing bottlenecks in its nursing supply pre-pandemic. And because of COVID-19 constraints, students have spent the last year with limited access to in-person training. Shireen Kareem, a second-year student at Pierce College in Los Angeles, got a first-hand look. You know, one of the things that we've done, even though it really doesn't mimic a urethra, is like water bottles. Like putting a water bottle into the stuffed animal, like, you know, little opening, things like that. But someone's urethral opening is smaller than a water bottle hole. Erin Abile is a nursing student at San Diego State University. She's talking about learning how to use a Foley catheter a medical procedure where a tube is inserted into a patient's urethra to collect their urine. Normally, Abile would be practicing this task on a medical mannequin, but these days, her model is a unicorn pillow pet. Before the pandemic, when I learned Foley catheter, I only practiced it when I was in person. I only practiced it when I had access to the labs. And now I can practice it at any time. You know, why couldn't that be a good thing? Here's why, says Abile. It's not a good thing when... There's no one there to correct my habits. And so it becomes a habit-forming thing. And it's hard to break habits when you have practiced that so many times. So it's really good to correct them while you're, while you're still learning. Gerard Brogan, director of nursing practice at the California Nursing Association, says he's worried remote training will compromise the clinical skills of newer nurses. He explains why by sharing an example about a friend who felt a constant need to urinate after he was catheterized during a hospital stay. 
So he asked uh, the nurse coming by, who was a new grad who'd done stimulation. She looked at the computer readout and said, everything's fine. Um, then he saw an older nurse who was trained not on the simulation, told her the exact same problem. She looked at the catheter pipe, for want of a better term, and it was kinked. With hospitals overwhelmed with patients during the pandemic, nursing programs were struggling to provide enough clinical hours to their nursing students. This forced the Board of Nursing to allow for relaxed requirements, and now students like Erin Abile are doing simulation exercises half of the time instead of a quarter of the time, like usual. On top of this, some nursing programs had to pause schooling entirely until they could adapt to the new remote learning, says Joran Spetz of UC San Francisco. This will delay the supply of new nurses. At the same time, some current staff are burning out. Losing nurses close to retirement a few years early is not great, but we knew that they were going to retire. If we end up losing a bunch of nurses who are in their 30s, those are nurses who had another 20 or 30 years of working life available for us. There are also deeper concerns about remote training, beyond just being able to effectively insert a catheter. Here's Gerard Brogan again. Common sense would tell you that you cannot simulate uh, emotion. Nurses look after people in the last stages of their life, for example, uh, and you cannot simulate the fear and dread. And frankly, we're worried about the attempt to do so. In this assignment, you will care for Tina Jones, a 28-year-old woman who has been admitted to Shadow General Hospital to treat an infected wound on her foot. You will also consider Tina's chronic health conditions, type 2 diabetes mellitus, and allergy-induced asthma. Yeah, that's like the background. She's giving me my background on my patient. Over Zoom, Erin Abile walks you through one of her simulation exercises. The lesson tests her knowledge on basic vital checks and pharmacology, but Abile can't really communicate with her patient. At one point, Abile says something completely unrelated to the lesson, but patient Tina Jones still responds with a mechanical affirmation. So it's to say that Tina Jones, I don't know much about her besides what meds I need to give her, the pain she was feeling on her left leg, and I couldn't pry more into her personality. I couldn't pry into her personal life. I couldn't pry into her worries, I couldn't pry even into her pain for some reason. The areas of hospitals that have been most restricted from nursing students are emergency rooms and ICUs, because those are the places where it's hardest to manage risk. That means that nursing students are cut off from important specialized in-person training at a time when California needs specialized nurses more than it has in decades. For the California Report, I'm Shireen Kareem in Winneka. And that is the California Report for this St. Patrick's Day Wednesday. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere.
Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.